You're listening to the podcast of The Branch in Ashland, Virginia. How do we move forward and follow when we can't always see the next steps? That's the way of the life of faith. We don't always see what's coming next, but we know the one who sees and knows. We know that God keeps his promises. Abraham and Sarah were made promises by God, but they had to step out in faith, trusting that God would keep his promises. Even though they followed in faith, they didn't see all those promises come to reality. Today, we look at Abraham and Sarah and the faith that they showed even when they couldn't see. They remained faithful to God, and he remained faithful to them in keeping his promises. The last trip that I took before COVID hit was was with uh, a group of friends that I um, met in seminary. We were all uh, went to seminary out in the Twin Cities in St. Paul, Minnesota, and um, one of my friends was turning forty, and his wife had rented an Airbnb for us, and we all converged upon Des Moines, Iowa, because that's the only reason you'd go to Des Moines, Iowa, I guess. But um, but we all converged on this Airbnb, and we found out once we got there that um, it was all a surprise to him. His wife hadn't told him uh, what was happening. She just told him to go somewhere. And uh, the, the crazy part to me was that she didn't even tell him exactly where he was going when he left the house. She kind of gave him instructions up to this point. And then once he got to that point, he was supposed to pull off and call her again, and, and she was going to uh, give him the rest of the instructions. Now, when he got there, he, I mean, this is a little house that we're staying in, and he had no idea what was going to happen when he walked into this little house. No, no clue who it was who was waiting for him in there. I mean, if we were on some kind of like special, uh, he'd probably be afraid that he, he wouldn't last very long. But um, he, he came in, and I recorded it, and we had a great time. And um, I, and then of course, a, a week or so later, everything changed in our world. But I've thought about that weekend so often because, um, well, first of all, I'm a, I'm a recovering control freak, so I'm thinking to myself, I love my wife, I trust my wife, but I do not know that I would do what he did and say, like, oh, yeah, just tell me, like, to go this far and then give me more instructions. I mean, I want to know, like, where am I going? Who am I meeting? What am I doing? All this stuff. But he did what she told him to do, uh, smart husband right there, um, and, and we had a great time. But I, I think about that weekend often in terms of faith, too, that, that God calls us into these places, and he doesn't give us the full picture. He doesn't give us all the instructions, and we've got to follow up to a point knowing only a certain amount uh, and then just trust that, that he has our, our best interest in mind. Um, you know, faith isn't about seeing. It means moving and walking without seeing. That's the nature of faith. And so as we've been talking about faith over the last couple of weeks, we, we've been looking at Hebrews 11 where uh, it's the hall of faith, so to speak, where we see all these these like fathers and mothers of the faith who have gone before us and who have shown us the way of what it means to really step out in faith. And 
to step out into the unknown before they fully know what they're entering into. And so the question that we ask ourselves today is, is how do we keep walking and stepping even when it's unknown, even when we're stepping into the uncertainty of what's in front of us? What happens when we can only see a few feet in front of us? And how is God calling us out of these comfort zones that we create for ourselves into that place of faith? If, if you have a Bible, you can turn to Hebrews chapter 11 as we continue on, starting in verse 8. Last week we looked at Enoch and Noah, and today we're looking at um, someone who hopefully will be familiar to us in Abraham. Starting in verse 8 of, of Hebrews 11, reading in the New International Version. That's a version that will be up on the screen as well. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he is looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they're looking for a country of their own. If they'd been thinking of the country they'd left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. And therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promise, promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, It is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so, so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Think about, if we go back and read in, in Genesis a little bit more of the backstory of, of Abraham and what he was called to, he left home. He was called to, to do a lot of things stepping out. But think about if we've ever left home before. Some of us have gone to college, and some of us, when we went to college, moved off far away some of us not so far away. And for me, that was the first time that I'd lived away from home. And then um, over the years, I kind of moved a little bit further and further away. But there's things that we, we feel like we're releasing when we move away from home and, and not always comfortable things. We feel like we're stepping into the uncertainty of something. And uh, God called Abraham out to go to a place that it says he would later receive as an inheritance. And you read Genesis chapter 12, verse 4, we see that that call that God had on Abraham. He said, after God called him in the first few verses of 
Genesis 12. It says, So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. I mean, there's so many amazing things in that verse to me. Like, first of all, it doesn't say Abraham complained, Abraham fought back, Abraham kicked and screamed, and then went. No, it says Abraham went. And he was 75. You know, there's some of us who are like half that age or less who have a hard time breaking out of the norms that we've fallen into. And yet, Abraham was called. He didn't second guess. He didn't overthink. He didn't ponder or ask what's going on. You know, it's hard to leave that place of comfort. Back in 2004, I was uh, working as an engineer. My wife was working in our church. And we felt like God was calling us away and me into a different career. I, I became a pastor and we didn't just like stay where we were and start, start something new there. We uh, moved 12 hours away from our family. And it was unfamiliar. It was scary. Even some of our family was asking us, you know, are you sure you're doing the right thing? And I'm thinking, man, the one place that you go when you're uncertain is your family. And even when they're saying, hey, we're not so sure this is a good idea, then, you, then what do you do? And you struggle with that, that faith and where's God calling me to? That, that uncertain place. And the author of Hebrews here in, in verse 9 says that, that Abram was... Uh, a stranger in a foreign country. That even though Abram, Abraham was called away from his home, was called out of the familiar, he went to a new place and he made it his home. And, and you know, that's one of the things about those of us who are followers of Christ that's, that's really difficult because we, we want to be comfortable in the place where God calls us, but we also have to acknowledge that this isn't our forever home, that we should have somewhat of a, a discomfort there. And there's always that, that tension there between getting super comfortable in a place and then also realizing that like this isn't where we belong. This isn't the place for us forever. And... Abraham, again, I, I scratch my head as somebody who's recovering from being such a control freak in the fact that, that Abraham was called by God to, to leave all this behind, and he followed. He just did it. He, he didn't question God. We long for a better country, a heavenly one, and we struggle with that push and pull. In the story of Abraham and his faith, it goes beyond just leaving his home and making a foreign country his home. God's promise was that he would make him a people with a place. The problem was that he and his wife were old and, and well past childbearing years. I mean, it's funny because you read Hebrews 11 and I'm like, you know, you know it's a phrase, but, but they called Abraham as good as dead. I don't know if you caught that. And I'm thinking... Man, that's like, that's cold. <laughs> They're calling him as good as dead. But God called him in the most uncertain and unexpected time in his life. I mean, he was 75 years old in Genesis 12 when God called him. But then if you follow that out, he left his home. He went where God told him to go. 
And it wasn't until he was 100 years old. So 25 years of following in the uncertainty of God. And then part of that promise comes to fruition. You know, I, I mean, some of us don't like to wait 25 minutes, right? Like Abraham is waiting 25 years for, for, to finally start seeing some of these, these things happen. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, it's funny because if you look at history, once upon a time, maybe some of our parents or, or our grandparents, they had children when they were like in their late teens or even early 20s. And, and then as people started having careers and doing things, the 30s became, you know, the trendy time to have kids. And, and now, I mean, Carrie and I have friends who, who have had kids in their 40s too, and so it's like, okay, well, you think about like, okay, well, and then, you know, if you're a woman in your 40s and you go to the doctor, all of a sudden they tell you, you know, it's an at-risk pregnancy and you're like, what are you, tr- what are you trying to say to me? And you think like if you're in your 40s and they're telling you that, what happens when you're Sarah and you're in your 90s and you're having a baby? You know, f- forget about all the, the practical things of it, Right? but the physical things of it as well. And yet when we look through the eyes of faith versus looking through our own physical eyes, things look completely different. And God called Abraham out of where he was. He called him to do something unexpected, something that he would never have imagined in all of his years. And then it says in the passage about Sarah, that even Sarah had faith. And what did Sarah have faith in? She didn't have faith in her body. I mean, she knew that like, okay. (laughs) She laughed when God said, hey, this is what's going to happen. You're going to be really old, like past dead old, and you're going to have a baby. And she's like, yeah, right. But you see, Sarah wasn't trusting in her body. And Sarah wasn't trusting in Abraham's body either. She was trusting in the one who had made the promise. She had faith in the maker of the promise. And you know, a promise is only as good as the one who makes it. And so Sarah wasn't saying, okay, well, all that I know about me, all that I know about my husband, I'm not going to have faith in that. She had to say, okay, Beyond all the impossibilities that I see in front of me, I need to see the one who's making this promise. And then I have to ask myself, have I seen him make these promises and come up short in the past? Or have I seen him make promises and follow through with those promises? Here we are today, the first Sunday of Advent, the the season of preparation, the season of waiting as we celebrate at Christmas the coming of Jesus Christ. And as we move towards that, we're, we're moving towards the celebration of the promised one, the one who would fulfill every promise that God had made to His people. Those promises weren't made because of who God's people were. God didn't do what he did with Abraham and Isaac uh, Abraham and Sarah because they deserved it. He didn't do it because, you know, hey, they looked good or they were the model citizens. He he did it because he's a gracious God. 
And God did what he did through grace and love in the lives of Abraham and Sarah. Our faith tells us to look at God and not at ourselves. To remember that He's the one with the authority. He's the one with the power to accomplish the things that He calls us to. But if you're like me, I, I keep... Every time I'm called into something, I stop. I mean, I think there's such a, a rich picture in, in the New Testament and the Gospels where, where Peter's walking on the water. He's doing the impossible, and he keeps doing it as long as he keeps his eyes on Jesus. But the moment that he starts thinking about the wind and the waves, the moment that he takes his eyes off of Jesus is the moment that he starts doing what? Sinking. And I think in our own lives of faith, it's the same thing. That when we're walking in faith, when we're out of our comfort zones and we're fixed, our eyes are fixed on Jesus, like we can keep walking on water. But the moment that the wind and the waves and all the things around us start getting us out of, off of our game, start fixing our eyes on something else, is the moment that we start to sink. It's the moment that we start to wonder, like, is this really where I'm supposed to be going? And God calls Abraham out of the familiar, out of the comfortable, away from his land into a foreign land. He tells him, you're going to have a child. And, and everything up to that point happens. Abraham and Sarah, they, they have a child. And then the unthinkable happens again. God asks Abraham to make a sacrifice to the very one that he'd been promised. He says, I want you to take your son, your only son, and go and sacrifice him. And if you read through in Genesis, you know, again, no second guessing, you know, no overthinking, no fighting back. Abraham just did it. I, I don't know that I would. I mean, I'd be like, okay, really? Like all these things up to this point, and now you're going to tell me to get rid of the very thing that you had promised me? How is it that God performs a miracle through Grandpa Abraham and Grandma Sarah and then calls them to give up the very thing that He had promised to them? And when I get something that I've been waiting for, it's like cherished and I'm going to hold on to it. I don't know about you, but that's how I operate in that place where I'm like, man, I've been looking forward to this forever and now here it is, it's mine and God says, oh, hey, I want to take it away from you. you know, and that's not a child. This is a child we're talking about here. And faith calls us into the unknown to step out when we can't see. But it also calls us into the place of sacrifice. Showing our willingness to give something up for the sake of walking with God and following Him obediently like we've been talking about through this series. It's not something easy. But that's the call of discipleship. Anyone who tells you that the life of faith is, is a cakewalk is trying to sell you something that is not in here. Anyone who tells you that the life of faith means that, you know, it, it, everything works out really well and, you know, the ends, it ends like a nice 30-minute sitcom where everything's tied in a nice bow, they're wrong. We don't see it in Scripture we don't see that happening to people. 
We can't forget when we're called into these places of sacrifice that we were bought with a price. That it costs something for us to gain life, to gain abundant life. Jesus needed to give Himself up. And if Jesus had to give something up, we have to ask ourselves, well, what am I willing to give up? Not because that's what um, we, because if we do that, then all of a sudden salvation is given to us or new life is given to us. We do that because salvation and new life have been given to us. I said it a few weeks ago, and I think it bears repeating when we talk about faith that, that we need to give until it hurts. And if we're giving to the point of comfort, the point of saying, oh, oh yeah, I can do this. I think oftentimes God will turn us around and say, you know what, you're giving to the point of comfort and your own strength. And you can do that uh, comfortably, but I want to call you past that level of comfort. And if we've ever been there before, then I think we've, we can relate to what this means that we're brought to that point where it's like i'm just comfortable enough like what's going to push me over the edge here what's going to push me to the place where i'm going to say yeah i don't really know that's where faith begins where, where we stop like seeing the things through our own eyes but seeing through god's eyes and out of the gate, I don't think it's something that we, we get right and we get perfect, if ever. And think about going to the gym that, that you know, if I say, hey, I'm going to, you know, here we go, in a couple of months, people are going to start making New Year's resolutions and they're going to say, oh, I'm going to be back to the, the gym again. I sign up for a new membership and that's going to last about a week or two, right? But when we start going back to the gym after a long hiatus, we don't sit down and say, oh, let me see, how much am I going to put on? And you start pouring these weights on and see if you can do it. You've got to start small. You've got to start in this place where you say, okay, I'm going to build this up because our muscles are broken down in that. And faith is a muscle that we have to exercise for it to get stronger. Faith is a muscle that we don't come right out of the gate and we're like a heavy lifter. Like some of us, it may take time because God's not calling us to have the faith of somebody else. God's calling us to have the faith that He's giving us. And He's not going to call us to be somebody else, to be Abraham or Sarah or Noah or Enoch or any of these others that we've looked at. Your muscles only grow when they're put under strain and discomfort. If you aren't feeling the burn, you're probably not working your muscles hard enough. And if you don't feel the burn, you probably aren't stepping out in faith enough. And like I said, it's not comfortable. The last thing about Abraham and Sarah and this walking and following without seeing that I want to mention is this. In verse 13, the the author says Abraham and Sarah and the others, they didn't receive what they were promised. Abraham, when he left his land, when he left his people, he didn't go and say, oh, you know, I, I can just go and read all the promises of God in my Bible. I'm going to pull it out, right, and read all these things. No, he didn't have that. 
Like he, he didn't say, hey, I, I'm going to go because I know that Jesus is giving me life. No, he couldn't see Jesus from where he was. Abraham just went and stepped out. He didn't have the benefit of all those things. He couldn't see. Yeah, God said, hey, look at the stars. And if you could count the stars, if you could count the sand on the seashore, then you would know that that's what your descendants are going to look like. But, but that's all they were to him was a vision of something in the future. He couldn't see past that. And that's what faith is. It calls us to that place where we have to step out. It says they saw it from far away in the distance. Honestly, this is, in the life of faith, one of the most difficult things for me to grapple with. To come to that place where I say, okay, I'm going to follow the promises of God even if I don't see them come to fruition. I am so results-oriented in how I do things, in the decisions I make, even in the sacrifices that I'm willing to make. And I do not like to step out to make a sacrifice and then not to see some kind of results in that. If I'm going to step out, I want to see why I did that. Like, hey God, make this worth my while. I mean, I've probably prayed that prayer before. Where I say, if I'm going to do this, then I want you to do this for me, God. But that's not the way he works. Can you imagine what would have happened if if that's what Abraham and Sarah had said? If they had said, you know what, God, like, give us a son, but, you know, we want you to do this and this and this, and we want this all lined up. I think if they had said that, God would have looked at them and said, guess what? That's not faith. Because you can see it all. Because it all meets what you want, your requirements. The things that will make you comfortable. But faith is not comfortable. It's a hard place for me to come to to say it's not my job or responsibility to to have uh, results and to see everything. Smart goals have killed us in the church because there ain't no smart goals in faith. And it's a really hard thing to say, hey, okay, I want things measurable and I want things attainable. I want things, you know, all those things. And timely. Look at, again, this story here. Ain't nothing timely about having a kid when you're 100 years old. And yet God's not saying, are you waiting? Uh, You're going to see the results. He's saying, are you being obedient with what I've called you to? God called Abraham to leave his, his country, his place, his people, the familiar. And he did it. God called him to trust. And, and hey, again, one of the things I'm going to keep pointing out through this series is like some of these guys blew it. You know, they're in the hall of fame right here, but some of them still messed up. I mean, look what Abraham did. Like, he's like, okay, let me calculate this out. My body, my wife's body, this ain't going to happen. All right, my wife's going to give me her servant? Yeah, sure, I'll sleep with her. Yeah. Like, 
What guy's going to say no to that in some ways, right? And that's what happens. And yet, even in that, God was still in control. Even though Abraham and Sarah doubted, God still fulfilled His promise in the way that He wanted it fulfilled. I wonder if we continue to follow even if we never see the promise firsthand. If we feel like God is making a promise to us, And He says to us, you know, I don't want you following after that promise. I want you to follow after Me. Whether you see the promise or not. How many of us would say, yeah, I'm going to keep doing that. I'll be the first one to stand up and say, I struggle. I will struggle with that. But do we consider that it's a waste or a failure? Because I think sometimes I do. But you know what? God doesn't. Following in faith, regardless of the results that we see, regardless of whether we see those promises and experience them firsthand, is not a failure in God's eyes. Ain't no smart goal attached to it. Nothing that's saying, hey, it needs to look like this. The one who's going to give the picture of what it looks like is God. So what do we do with all this? first question I think to ask ourselves is what unknown might God be calling us to? And what is it in your life that um, God's calling you to? And I, you know, I talked to a friend recently who made a big change in their life and I, I was struck in my conversation with them about how they said to me the way that it had all been orchestrated was in such a way that uh, it was set up in such a way that would make them, who is reluctant for, uh, to change and all these other things, actually take that step. And I thought to myself, you know, that's just like God. Right? Like, He knows us. He knows our innermost being. And He calls us into this unknown, but I don't think He calls us into this place where He's not going to set it up in such a way that's going to make us feel like, okay, I see His fingerprints on this. So what unknown is God calling you to? And then as God calls us into those unknown places, where are our eyes focused? In faith, where are our eyes focused? Are they on us? Because if they are, then we're going to keep sinking. Like we're going to keep falling short. We're going to feel like, I, I can't keep doing this. And then the last question is this. What's God calling you to sacrifice? And, you know, I, I pray to God that None of us ever called to make the same sacrifice that that Abraham was called to sacrifice. But what if? You know, what if God calls us into a sacrifice and says, hey, this is what I want. This is what I see means more to you than anything else, and I want you to show me that you're willing to give it up. That's what faith calls us to. It's not easy, it's not comfortable. It's not fun, but it's what he's calling us to. So what's God calling you to today? 
into the unknown, the unfamiliar, the uncomfortable. And as we continue on towards Christmas and thinking about this promise fulfilled, this is one of my favorite times of year to think about that day. I, I, I hope that I never come to a, a day where I wake up on Christmas morning just kind of like, mm-hmm, yeah, meh. I hope that I always wake up with that joy, with that expectation. Not because I'm going to see someone open a present I gave them or whatever, but because the greatest gift, the greatest fulfillment of a promise comes to us in the form of Jesus Christ on Christmas. And if, if that doesn't get us up in the morning to say, wow, like I get to be part of this. And this is my faith promise fulfilled and maybe we just need that shot in the arm from each other like i can't do it all the time i need other people who are going to say hey remember remember all that you talk about every sunday like here it is this is the promise this is the season of promise as we think about what we receive in jesus christ Let me pray for us. God, thank you. Thank you for people like Abraham and for Sarah who were willing to step out in faith even when they couldn't see, even when it all seemed impossible. So God, show us what that means. Give us the faith. Give us the courage. And Father, remind us of your promises every moment of every day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Steps of faith are scary. And they can be even more scary depending on what God is calling us to sacrifice along the way. God called Abraham and Sarah to some pretty giant steps of faith. Leaving behind their home, trusting that they'd have a child in their old age, and trusting him when he told Abraham the sacrifice, the very son that he'd been promised. What is God calling you to sacrifice? What big steps of faith is God calling you to make? However and wherever he's calling you, you'll only succeed if you keep your eyes on him. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you have any comments or questions, please email us at thebranchashland at gmail.com. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, give us a review, and share with your friends wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.